Squibbling rivalry. Squibbling rivalry. Doe a deer, a female deer. Why don't they freeze him? <laughs> Welcome back to Squibbling Rivalry, the podcast where friends and family like to come together to connect over various fandom. Your co-hosts, Ian Walter and... Lady Victoire. What should we talk about? The fact that I'm a Ravenclaw, not a Gryffindor? Are you actually a Ravenclaw? I took a test. Uh, <laughs> My goodness. Turns out I'm 100% Ravenclaw. I mean, it's interesting <laughs> that you say that because I haven't taken any tests, but I never thought that I would automatically be a Gryffindor, if that makes sense, but I obviously wouldn't want to be falling into Slytherin. I've always kind of had been drawn towards Ravenclaw. Yeah. Not so much Hufflepuff, but... Uh, I, feel like I'm a, I feel like Hufflepuff is where I would... Go and chill, you know? Yeah, that's right. Just <laughs> hang like, out with I them. wonder if they're just like the stoner house. <laughs> you know how, um, like, you got all these Gryffindors that are come together to be, like, the hero class, but not all of them seem to be bred for a Gryffindor? Like, you, you ultimately have a choice sometimes. Like, Harry kind of chose Gryffindor. Yes, right? you do have um, a choice. And so I feel like Neville was, like, bound for Hufflepuff, but just somehow ended up in Gryffindor. Yeah, I wonder if he, maybe he, um, his whole family probably comes from Gryffindor, actually. And he's like, you know, like every kid, please make it Gryffindor, please make it Slytherin, like, right, right. whatever, right? Yeah, and yeah. he's probably wishing that, and then got, got it, because he is noble enough to yeah. be Cause Gryffindor. I fe- and I feel like Hermione might even be a Ravenclaw. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was reading something funny about Ravenclaws, it was like, they're, like, judgmental, and like, this thing, because now that I'm a Ravenclaw, following all these things and it, yeah it was an article saying like 19 facts about Ravenclaws and you know they're they're kind of assholes <laughs> here's an interesting thought that I just had and I don't know like I don't know we'll, we'll see how you feel about this oh. but if you're looking at the I would say four main characters of the Harry Potter crew uh, we mentioned it up top in the in week one uh, when we're talking about Harry Potter uh, Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger I also mentioned you know, Neville Longbottom, he doesn't kind of start off as one of the mains, but he kind of comes up through the ranks over over the years, right? Yes, yeah. And if you look at them, I mean, you could argue Harry's a Slytherin, right? He chooses Gryffindor. You could argue Hermione's a Ravenclaw, but she, she ends up in Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. You could argue, I was saying Neville Longbottom kind of feels like a Hufflepuff to me, yet he's Gryffindor. But Ron is probably like the true Gryffindor out of the four. So you've got you really got like all the houses represented in the one crew who all happen to be in the Gryffindor house, but they all kind of uh, exhibit attributes of the other houses. Yeah, it's true. Although, like, I don't know if I like Ron. Sometimes, like, it took him so long to find his courage, and courage is like the main thing in Gryffindor. But I guess is, it's is from it within. just courage or is it heart? Because I feel like Ron yeah, always had that's heart. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Heart. And courage, bravery, and heart. And they, they yeah. all have hearts, so that's why, obviously, they all belong in Gryffindor. I just thought yeah. it was interesting how you do have that choice, and, like, the what-ifs in the, of the world, if they had ended up in, like, their separate houses. We could write an alternate uh, could. Harry Potter alternate universe. Who would be the crew? Be like, if, like, if Harry ended up in Ravenclaw or Slytherin, where would he end up? Maybe um, Slytherin. Yeah, I would. I would think Harry was. Well, they tried to put him in Slytherin, remember? Yes. And and I think that's because he speaks Parsel tongue and because he kind of has, um, like the snake-like influences to. I, his, yeah, I'd like his an character. alternate universe where Harry and 
Blaze or just the duo. That's right. <laughs> Blaze. Like, and they're like against Malfoy and Crab. And like, yeah, like they could still be battling from within the house. Yeah. Blaze Zabini. That'd be a fun take on Harry Potter, like a limited series or something. Like a what if. Yeah, because remember, I'm there, I don't know much about Blaze, but at the end when um, one of the ending movie, like last movies, and Malfoy's like, can't wait to get out of here next year. Maybe it's in the sixth. And Blaze is like, like, what are you talking about? Like, he's down. I can tell he's, like, a bit down to earth, even though he's like, has that evil side. But he's, like, that Slytherin, like, bad side. But I can tell he's, like, you're a piece of shit, Malfoy. Right, right. <laughs> Just a couple of hours ago, do you know who I was talking to? Guess. Your shrink? <laughs> That's very funny. No, Jerry Langford. That's right, the Jerry Langford. He gave me the go-ahead reading, would you believe it? And you know what? Don't tell anyone yet, but you're looking at the new king of comedy. Why not me? Why not? A guy can get anything he wants as long as he pays the price. What's so funny about that? I mean, crazier things have happened. See, I love Scorsese's movies, and again, like, all these great filmmakers, you got Spielberg, Scorsese, Cameron, I just don't necessarily want to hear... I feel like when these guys do interviews, they just talk about how they see filmmaking, and they it's it's it always seems way more narrow-minded than how you imagine, like, guys who make these films would think. You'd, you would imagine everything would be open and immersive and very open-minded, but mm -hmm. then, like, I don't know, recently Scorsese's comments about comic book movies... Uh, Marvel movies, how he doesn't watch them. Like, I get that. I respect your opinion, but at the same time, you're kind of showing me that you're not even open to uh, anything other than your own genre, right? I guess, but at the same time, like, he never made any of those, so some people just don't like a certain type, right? It's not, like, if you're a director, it doesn't mean you should, like, love all films. I know, and... Uh, That's probably what makes him so good, if they're focused on what... I know, and I, I, I only bring it up because you know you'll get a guy like Cameron who makes these big grandiose films he's the master of the sequels he's a huge franchise guy he's doing Avatar he's slated to do about four more of those he's only done one of them he does a lot of great underwater filmmaking you know any films that deal with water he loves going under you know in submarines and all that mm -hmm. but then he you know you hear him talking about Aquaman and how it's not, it's not my underwater, and he's kind of putting mm -hmm. it down. I just don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like it when filmmakers have to feel like they have to put down others to raise themselves up. Oh, it's just like um, politicians. Well, that's the we thing. It's like, it's like it, it could be not for you, and you can say as much, and you're that's your right. But the more you kind of make it sound like it's negative, like as if you're urging others not to go see something. And then it's like, you're a creator, dude. Like, you, you should be celebrating all creation. Yeah, I get that. Um, and and the, all these guys are like that. And they're all part of my, like, all some of my favorite filmmakers. Like, Spielberg has been outspoken on Netflix movies and how he doesn't think movies on Netflix should be eligible for Oscars. And it's like, and then he turns around, I'm pretty sure he does picture, huge picture deals with, like, Amblin, and I'm sure he has huge deals with streaming services. So it's all very contradictory. And it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and so my point is, is that if, for example, Marvel Studios is number one in the box office these days and they are dominating and making it seem like other films like Scorsese's The Irishman, for example, which is debuting on Netflix, 
uh, are not going to be able to cut it in the theater. Like people aren't going to go see it. But then again, the people are deciding how to spend the money in their wallets, and a lot of people just want to go to the theaters for the biggest action blockbusters that are on the market because that's the big theater experience. They don't necessarily, and that's the harsh reality, they don't necessarily want to go and watch just a smaller drama or, Uh you know, something like Joker, which is very much a drama, a psychodrama, Uh um, is, is kind of breaking that mold. But again, it's, it's, it's also got that comic book draw which uh, the whole reason why I bring up the Scorsese comments is ironic because Joker, Todd Phillips, has an incredible vision, and he, you can just see the Scorsese-inspired filmmaking that he's been doing. He's inspired by movies like King of Comedy and Taxi Driver when he comes up with this incredible film, Joker, mm-hmm. um, although hi- highly controversial, it might seem. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it is an incredible film, and it's just it saddens me to think that Scorsese might not watch Joker because he thinks it's a comic book movie. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it was a movie that was inspired by his own work. So oh yeah, no. So I mean that's that's kind of where I was going with that. It's just it's funny. Like I have deep respect for a lot of these uh, filmmakers, but sure. I don't necessarily care for their uh, politics. Or, well, I mean that's the thing. Like imagine you were just you were famous, were well known, famous, and everything you say is going to be known by everyone. So, like, they have their opinions. Like, you can't, these people aren't these gods that are like, we love everything and support you all. Like, you know, if they're not, they're just people that yeah. are good at one thing. No, it's a fair point. So it's just it's that I, I can it's have almost, an opinion on their opinion. For sure. So, well, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's just interesting. It's like they just have to be, they're, they're just recorded all the time. Like, just, but the thing is, it's also, like, maybe some things, like, you don't even have to talk about. Like, if you, you know... If well, I just, I think that... I'm not saying you, I mean in them. In a specific like example, it's a very real threat to the industry where, like, it, it, they probably, a lot of these guys probably feel like, guys and girls, probably feel like if you're not making a big comic book or action blockbuster film that kind of fits the trends of today, then your film's not going to be successful. And it's probably, mm-hmm. there's probably some truth to that. So I understand if uh, you, you would have those feelings towards comic book films. Yeah. So you know how in, uh, I'm going to kind of switch it up here, but uh, you know how in the first episode we spoke about Harry Potter and then uh, week two we kind of dove into Star Wars and we're kind of making the rounds as far as franchises go. Mm -hmm. We haven't really touched on uh, Marvel Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's because it's just too exciting. Yeah, I mean... like five episodes. I mean, we're going to tease a future episode where we really get into it, but I'd like to... Maybe cover some of the, the ground bases. Maybe get a couple of your favorites out there. From the 23 films that make up the Infinity Saga, uh, what are some of the ones that stand out to you? Okay, um, definitely Iron Man 3, I think. Sorry, the one where he has to remake his whole suit. Yeah, that's that right. Kid. That's the third one. Uh, I love that movie. Um I loved, see, it's it's hard because it depends on, like, like I loved Ant-Man and Wasp and Thor Ragnarok. Like, remember I told you, like, I went to Endgame watching those two Having beforehand. watched them right before, yeah. And I loved the way that they all they connected. They tie in, right? Yeah. But, I could, but then I could just take two other ones and go see Endgame, and then those yeah, would Yeah, that's in. right. You could watch, like, say, Black Panther or something, yeah. Oh, yeah, or even Spider-Man Homecoming, and then go right into Infinity War and Endgame, and you'd be... 
I love Avengers Infinity War is amazing. When I was rewatching the ending with Lil J yesterday, um, I was just like, I almost cried just at the end there. Like when Spidey's like, I don't want to go. That's right. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I've seen this so many times and I'm still, it's so good. Like, I can't, the Avengers probably wins. The Avenger movies. I know. And like, I always wins. hear that argument from Infinity War where people go, well, you know they're coming back. Well, I'm sorry, when you're sitting in that theater and you're wrapped up in the story and yeah. Thanos wins and roll credits and. Yeah, if, if Spider Man doesn't make you cry and then if Thanos' stupid face with that stupid I know, chin. With stupid grin. <laughs> yeah, he's like sitting there all like and satisfied. grins and then it cuts. If that doesn't make you angry, like. No, that was that was one of the craziest <laughs> endings. Like, that was one of the craziest cinematic experiences that I didn't think was going to be topped. And then we got Avengers Endgame, which was just like start to finish, blew me away. Like, there were so many moments inside of that mm-hmm. that were gave me the same feels that Infinity War gave. I'd say if I had to watch like a standalone film, mm-hmm. even though it's not standalone by any means because it's so connected to everything, Infinity War has more of a like an adventure kind of tale. Like it's it's like Thanos' story. You know? yeah, he, yeah. he gets his own like if Iron Man is the origin of Iron Man, Infinity War is kind of like the origin of Thanos yeah. in the sense. Like gives you a, a really good idea about his character. Mm-hmm. And so you can watch you can pop that on as like a standalone and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, from start to finish and you can do that with Endgame but it, it actually gets lifted up by everything that came before it like the reason why you actually care about what's going on inside of Endgame is because of the emotional connection you've built up to the characters over 22 other films mm-hmm. so I mean uh, that's definitely my number one is Endgame yeah. and it's I know it's fresh in our minds because we just watched it this summer mm-hmm. but it's still stuck up there in number so one good. like it's it's too good. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll probably to... get into a ranking as, as yeah. we get through uh, some of the future episodes. But I kind of wanted to start the conversation because you know we don't want to leave anybody out of the conversation. <laughs> we got our Harry oh, Potter. We're we got our. Lots out. We still. I know. I know. But I'm talking. I'm talking about some of do. my favorites. So I had a huge obsession with Jessica Jones. Oh yeah. I haven't finished it now, but when it came out. Yeah, I still have yet to see season three, but uh, the first season. The first season was amazing. The villain to me was something so scary. I think to a lot of women, like someone who can control you is probably the scariest thing in the world. Powerless. Yeah. Because she's a powerful, you know, she's a strong woman. Yeah. She feels powerful, powerless when she's. I know, and that's just such an amazing dynamic. I, I love her. I don't. I want to finish that series, Um, but it's interesting. There's so many different ones. Um. Like obviously Daredevils, things like that. That we should yeah, we should definitely Daredevil pick our favorites one, at it, some point. It, it it was very cool to see a side of Marvel because right now we're used to the movies, great movies we're seeing from coming from Marvel Studios. But then to see that Netflix side, which was kind of a grittier side. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil season one was kind of like um, Marvel's version of Batman or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was it was a dark and gritty show. I just want a a little anecdote I have tooting my own horn I remember once I was at a bar and like I went to go to the, the washroom and there we were outside on the patio and there were like these long benches and I I was kind of like you know I was drinking I walked on the bench to like leave because it was so crowded and I just like went to the bathroom and I was like strutting along and the bench like flipped like you know when basically like I all my weight was on one side and it like all raised up and then I just kept going and when I came back from the bathroom the, this girl I was with was like 
what you when you went to the bathroom the whole bench just flipped and you just kept walking like it didn't matter it was like jessica jones it was the most badass thing ever. And I, <laughs> she I, called I you jessica jones yeah because because I, I it was like i was so strong and didn't even notice like the whole bench flipped and i just kept going like, That's I, didn't amazing. Even, I didn't even care and i was like that is what i want to live up to yeah <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a superhero moment quite oh you you have you gotta <laughs> find it and give it to us on the podcast that's right for sure <laughs> Well, that's pretty cool, yeah. So then all those... You don't have any spidey senses? Well, I guess sometimes. Maybe uh, when it comes to film, sometimes I have a spidey (laughs) intuition. But, uh, yeah, no, so when you you talk about those Netflix shows, I mean, it's it's too bad that they've kind of come and gone uh, now that they're getting ready to launch Disney+. Plus. I guess they're wrapping up all their other, like, Netflix connections and all that. So um, going forward, we're going to have some series coming out of Marvel Studios, the same uh, producers that make all the great films. Wow, that's um, so those amazing. those will be exciting too. But yeah. uh, I'm hoping that they can somehow find a way to work in that that greediness of uh, the Netflix series. That you know maybe they can find a place for them on like Hulu or something where we mm-hmm. can get shows that are still dark and gritty. Yeah, um, I like it. Like I'm hoping the Moon Knight series, even though it's supposedly coming out on Disney Plus, I'm hoping that there's a way for it to be more mature and more. Mm-hmm. dark than, than some of the other stuff we're probably going to find on there. I'm hoping there's a way they can find, uh, like, you know, some of this stuff is going to be dark. Like, I think The Mandalorian is, it seems like it's going to be dark. As far as Star Wars content goes, I feel like it's going to be on the darker side, mm-hmm. yet it's premiering on Disney+, Plus. so hopefully there will be some some mature content on there. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, uh, Disney, and it's that connotation of just like family friendly and young, but too bad because all the best movies are with it. So I'm getting that stream. I know it's true. Like I can't avoid that one. I'm going to be there day one watching Mandalorian at our star Wars party. Yeah. Squibbling rivalry. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that. And then with all the great star Wars shows and Marvel shows, and I'm sure all the Marvel movies, the Disney movies, the star Wars movies are all going to be on there. How can you not? Mm. So Disney Plus, we ain't Disney shills over here at Squibbling Rivalry, but we are big fans. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll be uh, keeping you up to date on all the latest that comes out of that. Marvel, Disney, here we come. Let's do this. Well, we will be getting to that. Let's get into our a Squibbling Rivalry game. segment. All right, let's do it. Famous game. Squibbling Rivalry segment. We'll take a short break and we'll get back with our Squibbling Rivalry segment. <laughs> back. 
So, sis, you got something rolled up for Scribbling Rabbit? I have here. I've rolled, and I'm going to give you... <laughs> there's so many good ones. There's so many good ones. I'm going to give you one thing, and you have to get it from this. A scene where his balls get caught in a zipper. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. There's something about Mary. <laughs> yes. There's something about Mary. What year? And I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with 1999. You were so close. It was, was it 98. 98. Yeah. So close. Um, yeah, for some reason I thought it was 99. I know that American Pie and uh, South... Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut both came out in 99, and we discussed those on the Back in My Day podcast during our 1999 episode. Um, but yeah, definitely, there's something about Mary. That's my favorite Ben Stiller movie, for sure. Yeah, I thought I'd pick that um, one. I mean, he's... There was also Big Lebowski, but I, either way, like, these quotes, we're going to know, so it's it's more guessing the year that's the fun of the it's game. It's true, yeah. But also the fun is just so, saying the quotes. Yeah, I mean, we, we like to get points, you know, brownie points for getting the movie, but uh, we, we haven't been nailing the years. Maybe as this game goes on, we'll get better at that. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm going to give it a roll. So, Squibbing Rivalry, here we go. Like uh, Dark Knight's Joker. Here we go. Alright, so this one is a great year. And uh, the reason for that is uh, we've mentioned a lot of our favorites already on this podcast. Uh, we like to get nostalgic. We, I don't want to hint too much, but we, well, there are reasons why this would re resonate, regardless of how you feel about, you know, we mentioned in a previous episode how we feel about creators. Sometimes we don't identify with their politics, but we might enjoy what they put out. Um, this is in the conversation for one of my favorite movies all time. Oof. So I, if I give you any of the quotes, you're going to get it immediately, but I'm just going to try one, and okay. we'll see what you say. Here, you can do it. I'll hold them down. Here, you can do it. I'll hold them down. Braveheart? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That is, uh, I mean, it's William Wallace. I mean, <laughs> yeah. How can you not? And Robert the Bruce, of course. But yeah. uh, there's so many great things to say about this movie. I'm not going to bother wasting any time on any of the negative things that have come since then. Mm -hmm. But uh, when it came out in 19... Oh, I'm going to leave that Whoa! to you. I almost spoiled the year. Okay. Um, I think it's late. I think it's like 97. You're close. You're close. It's 1995. Oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, 1995, when this movie hit, this is the epic folks like Braveheart is the epic I mean you've got I was talking about in a previous episode Ridley Scott's Gladiator which is a great movie but you don't get to Gladiator without Braveheart Braveheart is my favorite sort of uh, classic war epic you know like the, the you know medieval times kind of yeah feel you got William Wallace with his broadsword and he just just taking down the English. <laughs> so it's, I remember uh, when we went to Scotland as a family and we got to go up to the Wallace Monument. And oh, I mean, I've shout since out learned Uncle Willie. so many things. Shout out Uncle Willie. He was the yeah. greatest tour guide because he's <laughs> such a historian. And he'll take you to the all the places that like normal uh, 
you know, normal tour guides wouldn't know to go. Like he he knew where the like you said the monument of it. He we literally parked in a field. Yeah, he walked in us a field. through a field and showed us like where there was a plaque. Yeah. Where, where he fell in battle or something oh, like that. Like, total expert. Like we, we know he was executed later, but there, there was a significance to that location as to why yeah. they put it there. And, uh, yeah, so it was just... Yeah, that was amazing for us. I mean, I've obviously, then I moved to Scotland, and everyone's like, oh, brave. Um, brave heart like that's not the story at all but whatever we can keep it no i mean it's not but i mean you when you watch movies especially blockbusters they make uh they take artistic license they make choices just for for making stuff on the big screen and Mm -hmm. it's not historically accurate but if it's gonna entice you or uh you know intrigue you to go and check out scotland and Mm -hmm. learn the history that's uh something in and of itself is is going to be a wonderful experience. So mm-hmm. you've got your big movie classic in uh, in Braveheart, and on top of that, again, regardless of who's starring in it, there are so many classic Scottish actors in that film, mm-hmm. and they pop up like even in other movies like Troy and Gladiator. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of you, Chips from uh, or Chips from. Uh, um, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no you don't know? <laughs> no, uh, I know because of LBW, but... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Chibs from uh, Sons of Anarchy is, is definitely one of them, and there's... there. there oh, yeah, there. sorry, he's also in Shetland. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's like a kind of a mob boss. I mean, it's just, it's one of those film epics that I, a lot of people actually put it I'm not alone in saying that a lot of people put it as their all-time favorite movie. Uh, so there's a lot to love about that. Like, oh. the action is just incredible. Speaking of uh, Scottish actors, I have to correct a, a Scottish mistake I made. Oh, right. About Hagrid, he is, of course, not Scottish. He's from Northern England, Yorkshire. He does not have a Scottish accent. I was really called out on that That's one. right. Uh, think about this podcast is I am the last... Of experts, I am not an expert. I just love. Well, talking. we talk about what we know or what <laughs> we think we know, and yeah. uh, you know when we are corrected, you know, please by all means call us out. Yeah, and we we'll, want to be called uh, we'll out. Get educated. <laughs> so, but I mean, the actor himself is Scottish. But yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I botched my impression of his <laughs> accent because I was not really sure. I was trying to think of how he sounded in the movie, and I was thinking of like him as a Scottish actor and yes. I was like confusing the two because he doesn't have a Scottish accent in yeah. the movie and I was kind of walking that way yeah. between the two. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, we, yeah. we love to hear about it so yeah, you give, gotta it, give us give an email us. at squibblingrivalry at outlook.com. Oh yeah, shoot, shoot us an email, let us know if there are any topics you want to hear about on the show. We'd love to get to them in a future episode. Squibblings on Twitter. And at, at squibblings, squibblings on social media. And thanks again for listening. Thanks so much. Why don't they freeze him? <laughs>